Well, hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I'm your host, your friend, and your sister in Christ, George Brown. And truly, I am so glad that you are here for another faith-filled, fun conversation. If you have been with us over the past few weeks and the last few months, we have been in a prayer series. We have learned everything from who we pray to, what we should say, and why we pray. And today, we are going to take this topic even deeper as we talk about what do we pray when we don't know what to say. Have you ever been there? I have time and time again where I just feel so heavy and the motions are so much. I can't even form my prayers into words. They just fall as tears. When we are in these moments, y'all, we can echo our words with his. We can open up the word that is alive and active and echo the Psalms. And so today, we are going to have more of a Bible study type of episode with our sister in Christ, Hannah Bradley. Hannah Bradley is an incredible woman of God and one of my dear sisters in the Lord that I'm so grateful to share with you today. She's been on the podcast before, but today we are going to talk about Psalm 22. We're going to dive into it, and it's going to be such a sweet time. I learned so much, and it all points back to Jesus. It is epic. It is amazing how the Old Testament just truly sings of his praises about our Messiah. So I pray that this episode blesses you, meets you right where you're at, and let's just go ahead and dive right in. I'm so excited that our girl Hannah is back. Hannah, this is your second time on Faith and Friends, and it makes my heart so happy. I am so happy. Thank you so much for having me. Sister, you're so special to my heart. Like truly, you are a Bible girl and I need to keep those Bible girls close to me because they will point me back to King Jesus, point me to the truth that will set me free. And so as we're in this prayer series, it's just been so sweet the past few weeks talking with friends about all this stuff. But really, there comes to a point in prayer where you know what? Honestly, I just want to read this from Hi God, It's Me, the opening little bit, because then I want you to take over this combo. But it says, you know, there are times when my heart is so broken that my prayers aren't formed as words, but as tears. Have you ever opened your mouth to pray, but nothing comes out? Have you ever been so desperate for his comfort, but beginning a conversation with him seems foreign? This is especially challenging when days or even moments before connecting with God felt as natural as breathing. On the days when you don't know what to say, here's a tool for your prayer belt. Pray through the Psalms. When you're not sure how to pray, you can echo your voice alongside his. God's word is powerful because it is living. For the word of God is alive and active, says Hebrews 4.12. So truly, when I thought about God's word, when I thought about praying through the Psalms, I thought about you. Hannah, you are solid. And I just love you. And so, friends, this is going to be such a sweet, special episode because I want Hannah to just teach us. You're literally in school for, like, being Miss Teacher. Like, you love people and you love God's word and you are a beautiful communicator. And what I love, I was reading the other day about how the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in the field, you know, and you have to search for it. And that's something I love about you, Hannah. You search and you search because there's always more to find. So friends, I asked Hannah, what Psalm would you like to look at? Is there one that is speaking to you? And Psalm 22 is where we are today. So if you're driving, please keep those hands on it. 10 and 2. And if you're folding laundry or doing whatever, do what you need to do. But if you have a chance to open your Bible with Hannah and I, we would love that. So Hannah, take it away, girl. 
Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you for all the sweet words. And I just want to say that um, you are such a mirror for Christ. Like you have the aroma of Christ lavished upon you. And it shows in how you are so devoted to sharing his name and sharing it in truth. And that is really kind of just what I want to focus on today is like, how do we share the gospel message and truth in a time where it's constantly being distorted, but also having hope and knowing that it's people have always tried to distort the gospel. That's like true. We can look at Paul, the apostle, and how he um, combats that in the book of Galatians, which I'm going to talk about. But I just think that, you know, we have to zone in on the gospel, which is why I chose Psalm 22, because the significance of this psalm, guys, it's literally my favorite psalm. So personally, I think that Psalm 22 is like the psalm of all psalms, because we see this kind of just prophetic perspective of Christ's crucifixion in the Old Testament. And that's what I love so much about scripture is how, you know, the same God that wrote the Old Testament also wrote the New Testament. And that is just so beautiful to see how it's interwoven. And there's so much intentionality with the way that God formulated his words. So um, in this specific passage, if you're reading, taking the time to stop and read, now would be the time to do that. Um, <laughs> and what you're going to notice is that there are so many different direct quotes within this psalm that correlate to the Gospels. So in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are so many cross-references that can be made. And so I'm really excited about that. Would you like me to read the psalm out loud? I sure would, girl. Go okay. in. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to read the psalm out loud. And then I kind of want to talk about um, how people so prevalently distort the gospel and then the true gospel. So we're going to start with Psalm 22. Why have you forsaken me? And in verse one, it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cry and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like ravening and roaring 
lions. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I count all my bones. They stare and glow over me. They divide my garments among them, mm. and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh Lord, do not be far off. O oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell you. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when we cried to him. So I'm going to stop there. But Ooh, that's, that's good. That's heavy. That's Woo! a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. There's so much to cross-reference, and I'm not sure that I'll be able to unfold all that, but I want to encourage anybody who's listening to absolutely do that, because when you do, your appreciation for the gospel message is going to be magnified. So when we read this, we automatically see how, you know, there are so many direct correlations, like I said, to the gospels. And, um, so why is it important for us to know the gospel? It is because it is the very gospel message that transforms our heart, that blesses us with a regenerate heart in Christ. And so um, I think it's important that I share that message in truth and purity, because that is what I live for, is to share the gospel and to um, meet lost souls with Jesus. And so um, for the faithful Christian, it can be so discouraging seeing all these false gospels just infiltrating the church and um, profaning the name of our Lord and Savior when we truly know him and we're seeing this falsehood take place. It can, like it can be so, so grieving, grieving. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I want to point to Galatians chapter one, verses six and seven. And in the context of this book, um, Paul, the apostle reproves Peter for his false teaching. He was teaching the, um, or he succumbed to the Jews belief that, oh, I do have to be circumcised in order to have salvation and then Paul directly confronts him in a loving way and is like, this is contrary to the gospel. And um, what's so cool about Galatians is that typically Paul starts his letters with a greeting and then a message of thanksgiving. So he's showing his thanks for the church. He usually points out various things that they're doing that's super encouraging Um and fruitful to the body of Christ, but that is not the case in the book of Galatians. He jumps from a greeting directly to 
like a reproof. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And that is so true today as well. So I just wanted to point that out. It's very important Um, because when we turn to a gospel that is contrary to the inerrant, infallible word of the Lord, we ultimately turn away from the person of Jesus Christ. We we deny him um, and we make ourselves no better than Peter and Judas. Um, so this is not a new occurrence and people are always seeking to mutilate the blessed Lord, the blessed word of the Lord. And um, I think it's so important that we know the life altering gospel. And I'm going to say that so much in this podcast. Yeah, it's the only so, truth. Golly. Yes, yes, absolutely. So to know the gospel, we have to know the fall. And so in Genesis, yeah, yeah. in Genesis 3, sin enters the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve, our first parents, and God ordered Adam and Eve to eat of any fruit they wish, but they were tempted and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the one tree that the Lord instructed them not to eat from. And out of their disobedience and their falling into temptation from Satan, um, sin enters the world. The Lord curses their actions. So them being our first parents, we are born of a sin nature as well. And so um, scripture actually says that we are born as natural opposers of the Lord. We are born as enemies of God. Romans 510 for if while we were sinners we were reconciled or for while we were enemies excuse me we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life but what's so beautiful about the Lord and his love for us is that in the same passage where we're cursed with this sin nature he provides a cure yeah for his curse. Yeah. And so in Genesis 3.15, we were given this blessed hope of this man that is to come through the birth of a virgin, and he's going to strike this serpent, and he's going to crush him under his heel. And he did that. So mm-hmm. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put host- hostility between you and the woman And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Um, So while the serpent brought destruction, confusion, and hostility, God promised Christ. And Christ came and he was God incarnate, God in flesh. And he willingly went to the cross to die for the atonement of our sins because we cannot live up to this perfect standard of the law and we needed a mediator we needed Mm -hmm. someone to fulfill that role for us because that's something that we can ultimately never live up to and so Christ in his love for us in his humility and in his holiness steps forth and he 
goes to the cross. And he not only dies the most suffering death known to man and is beaten and mocked in such a brutal manner by the Romans, he also drinks the literal cup of God's wrath. Yeah. And that is just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so through that, we are set free from the bondage of our sin when we repent and place our faith in Christ. And he's raised to life again and now sits at the right hand of the Father and he's going to be returning. And it's such glorious truth and everyone needs to know it. Because I just sit and think, if we put ourselves in this position where, say, Okay, Georgia, say me and you go on a missions trip Mm -hmm. to a third world country that's extremely poor, okay? They have minimal access to food, clean water. They are lacking hope. They feel like they have no purpose. And we go to them and we give them a message that is encouraging and it's positive but it's contrary to the gospel it's not like the gospel message of christ dying for them is that ultimately going to sustain and fulfill them is it going to save their souls no no and so i don't know i just think about that so frequently it's like we have this message circling that jesus loves you and has an amazing plan for your life and that's so true but that's not the gospel. You know what I mean? The gospel is that you are a mess because you were born into it mm-hmm. and you need him. You need him. The yes. only way you can come to the father is through the son by the yeah. power of the spirit. I mean, my gosh, he is three in one. And that's something I think about too, Hannah, is like our lives need to be so set apart as believers because mm-hmm. if we claim Christ, but we're living just as the world, why would they want something that they can just be the same as when really he is the one that's supposed to transform us. It new means new. Like I am new because I am in Christ and I don't even recognize the old me like at all, you know, he's so amazing. And it's a constant transformation and it's all because of what Christ did. And in this Psalm, like as you were reading it, like, my gosh, you're right. It is so prophetic. It is literally like Calvary. Like you literally see that and it just paints this picture. It is, it is powerful, sister. Yes, it is. It is, it is. So I am off my tangent and we will now look into <laughs> the scope of I love it. I love it. Let's go. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna point out a few verses. I'll start with um verse one. Obviously, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, We can turn to Matthew 27, verse 46. Come on. We see Christ Jesus on the cross, bearing so much suffering, crying out to the Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Exactly. Isn't it so cool how it is word for word? Uh Uh-huh. He is the word. Like, it literally... Golly. And this was so many years before. That's what's so amazing. I love seeing, and it's a psalm. Like, I I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, if this were in Isaiah, this would 
make sense but like it's a psalm of david <laughs> you know yeah i mean I just, they, like we all have the 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 means to speak life in such a way that breathes like the lord can use anyone the lord was using david as much yeah. as he would use isaiah right in different uh, ways yes but absolutely. it pointed to the savior but what's crazy too is he came from the lineage of david yes so how golly there's just so much in one verse Shoot, dog, girl, that's good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but what's so cool about seeing how Christ actually cries this out to his father, it literally just demonstrates how, yes, he was fully man and fully God. And it reminds me of the verse in Hebrews where it's like he is fully able to sympathize with us in our weakness because he has he's been here he's done it he knows you know yeah so i see that very comforting yeah so um in verse three i love this verse it says yet you were holy enthroned on the praises of israel um in the midst of christ's suffering he's calling out to the lord proclaiming his holiness because he knows like this is my father um i have noted a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He's one of my favorite theologians. So I'm going to read it because it's really awesome. He, he wrote, settle it in your hearts that whatever God does, he is holy. Never arbor a thought against him. Never imagine that he is hard or unjust or unfaithful. That cannot be so. If the worst comes to worst, never let your faith have any question upon this point because God is infinitely holy and it mm-hmm. is so true. And I love that. That's good. Yes. And then another quote from him in verse six, it says, but I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Um, so I, when I first read that, I didn't, I didn't put this together, but this is what he wrote. He says, there is a little red worm which seems to be nothing else but blood when it is crushed. Mm. And it seems all gone except a blood stain. And the Savior, in the deep humiliation of his spirit, compares himself to that little red worm. How true is it that he made himself of no reputation for our sake? He emptied himself of all his glory, and if there be any glory natural to manhood, he emptied himself even of that. Not only the glories of his Godhead, but the honors of his manhood he laid aside, that it might be seen that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. And so, isn't that amazing? Like the humility of our Savior the fact that he even went to the cross for me in my wretchedness, I will never get over it. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to to know yeah. how Christ died on the cross for their sins. Like, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my gosh, I watched The Passion of the Christ right before Easter, and I'm just like, Aah! like, it, it's just incredible what he has yes. done. And you know what? He didn't stay there. Amen. Like, that's what I think is so neat. I mean, it's more than neat, but that's the only (laughs) word that came to mind. Golly, George Brown. But just like, wow, like he did not stay there. He is not a dead Jew in a Palestinian tomb. Like he rose again. 
And we need to start living like it. Yeah. We have to proclaim the gospel message of like, hey, he died and rose again for you. Mm-hmm. And so you got to know your savior and you got to know that you're in need of him. You're so right. And so I think too, Hannah, it makes a conscious, um, it's a decision to look at yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. you got to like do some internal, like little inventory. Heart yeah. Heart work, sister. <clears throat> you're right. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> jumping to verse 11. And like I said, I'm just jumping around. I love it. I would encourage anyone to like go all in, go hardcore with this. <laughs> but verse 11 says, be not far from me for trouble is near and there is none to help. So this verse can be cross-referenced to Matthew 26, verse 56. Um, when we look at Christ on the cross, we know like the disciples scattered. They were, no one was near. And this this verse, you know, encompasses that. Like no one was near him. There was none to help the Lord Jesus. And so he's crying out to his father, you know, and eventually he he has already accepted his portion, you know. And it's just like, I don't know, Georgia. It blows a, my mind. It blows my mind. Even the sky went black. I mean, he was alone. He was alone. And he did it for you. Yeah. Like, whew, that's good. Okay. Whew. Yeah. So we jump to verse 16 and 17. Um, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. John 19, 37. Christ was pierced for our transgressions. He was broken. He was bruised. He was brutally tortured to set us slaves free from sin so Mm -hmm. we could walk in precious freedom that can only be granted through him Um, and through him we have an abundance of life then let's see I'm going to jump to verse 18 through 22 but I'm going to focus on um, the dividing of garments. So in Matthew 27, verse 35, and in Mark 15, verse 24, we see this prophecy fulfilled as um, they were casting lots, you know, mocking Jesus, and they tore his garments, and they were dividing them up. Yeah. And even that detail, having been mentioned here, is just so interesting to me. Um And then I'm going to jump to verse 29 through 31, which is probably my favorite portion of this. Do it, girl. It's. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to start with verse 30. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it mm-hmm. and in that i cross-referenced it to john nineteen thirty. it is finished the work is done he has done it um and in this verse psalm twenty two thirty one, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. And I just think that's so important for us to meditate 
on today is that, you know, the Old Testament, they were eagerly awaiting a Messiah to come. The New Testament, he comes, he fulfills this prophecy. His righteousness is being proclaimed 2,000 years later. You know, it's... It's it's, mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And, like, today, me and you have the honor of sharing Mm -hmm. this gospel message, proclaiming this righteousness to a people who may not have heard it yet, you know? And it's such a blessing to be able to even have the privilege to share the name of Christ. Yeah. That's so good. Hannah, this is so good. Friends, I hope you're you're learning like the power of the word and how like I love commentaries and they're amazing, but the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible. The fact that you can take a verse from Old Testament, go to the New Testament, and he is the same. Literally, there's no shifting shadow in him. The word alive and active, it interprets itself and it points back to him. It always is pointing up, back up to heaven, back to Christ himself. And so, Hannah, this is so so good. I, my mind is literally blown. And just your heart and your sweetness and the peace that you carry in your heart because you know him and you know Christ crucified like it's just so sweet and so you actually have done something super precious that I can't believe you did um it's so amazing that you made a couple slides for our friends to do a deeper dive in I would love to hear what that is and what we can leave our friends with because I can't believe literally our 30 minutes have flown by talking about God's word time flies when you're having fun Golly. Okay, so in the little print that I included, basically, I'm just encouraging you to dive deeper into God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it is kind of what I said. um, And I note certain verses, you know, the significance of Psalm 22, what is the true gospel, because I want you to have access to that. I want you to know how to be able to share it. Um, So I think that short gospel presentation yeah. could be a great resource for you to like share with someone who doesn't know the gospel mm-hmm. um reach reach lost souls like that's our mission here come on uh, share the name of jesus we're called to proclaim the righteousness and so there's also like just a little notes page you know had to be cutesy and aesthetic <laughs> oh yes always hannah is so about that and i love that about her everything's put together and sweet and y'all need to definitely check out hannah's stuff she has an incredible blog can you tell us about that where we can find you yeah. in all the places because you're just so mm, filled with the truth thank you so much all the glory is his um, so I have an Instagram that's primarily where I post things. It's called at Passion to Proclaim. I'm on a social media break at the moment. Good Just for you, really- sister. Woo! That feels good. On- yes, it does. And working on truly just cultivating a sincere and genuine devotion for the Lord and eliminating distractions. That's the focus. But you can check out my old things there. I'll be oh, back yeah. sometime. Um I typically write a lot about just what the Lord is impressing upon my heart and theology and the gospel. So feel free to go there. And then there, there's like links in my bio for the blog. If you want to check it out. Oh, yeah. 
I'm giving Hannah a little, mm-hmm, that's so fun. I love saying that links in the bio. <laughs> yes. She has some incredible blogs. She has some amazing people that have written on her blog. And I just truly am so grateful to call you my sister in Christ, my friend, my coffee drinking buddy. Just such a sweet sister. You have such a beautiful soul and y'all check out Psalm 22. And what I love, what's so fun is we can basically high five because with high God, it's me. We're looking at Psalm 23. So what you need to do is just go through Psalm 22 with Hannah and then join me with Psalm 23 and then just keep on reading just Psalm 24 and go on. And so, man, it's so sweet. So Hannah, thank you for joining us and we love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining me in this special conversation about prayer with our friend Hannah. You should totally follow her over at Passion to Proclaim on Instagram. Her blog, again, is so beautiful, and I'm so grateful for the wisdom and the heart that she shares that truly echoes the heartbeat of Jesus. Y'all. I have been loving this prayer series. I've learned so much and I'm so excited that in just a few weeks now, Hi God It's Me will be officially available everywhere books are sold. Like between you and me, it feels so crazy to even say that. I am so grateful to share my heart with you in these pages about all the things that I've learned about prayer and even through these conversations with our friends. Y'all, I have learned so much and I'm so grateful for the intimacy that we get to have with Jesus. The veil is torn. The tomb is empty. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and me. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks with our sister, Emma Mae McDaniel. I cannot wait. Y'all, you mean so much to me. And the most important thing to me in this lifetime is your relationship with the Lord. I just want you to continue to grow in your friendship with your Father and you sharing your life with your Savior and us together as His kids, realizing that we are so desperately in need of Him. That we don't have to lean on our own understanding. We can't. But in all of our ways, we can acknowledge Him, Jesus, our Father, God. We can invite the Holy Spirit in. And we can lean into His voice. His voice can be the loudest, the clearest, and the most beautiful one in our lives to lead us to life and life abundantly. Because that's why He came. And so before we go, sweet friends, (laughs) I would just love to pray for you. Lord God, I just thank you for you being who you say you are. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we are forever grateful that we get to call you ours. Apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. And we are so desperately in need of you. So, Lord, on the days that we don't know what to pray, I pray that we would just continue to sharpen ourselves and remind ourselves and lead our hearts to the truth of who you are. I thank you for Psalm 22. I thank you for Psalm 23. I thank you for the words of David that we can really get a glimpse into his journal, into his heart of all the feelings that he was feeling, knowing that our feelings are validated too. And we can just come to you honestly. That even when we don't know what to say, you know what we're going to say before we say it. And God, I thank you for bottling up our tears. I'm so grateful that nothing in our lives are wasted. And so wherever our friends are today, 
God, I just thank you that you're meeting him right there in that space, that your grace is sufficient. You are more than enough. You are more than able. And so may we believe, may we have faith the size of a mustard seed. And Lord, may we never stop praying. May we never stop talking to you and being honest and raw with you. I thank you for Jesus. And I also just echo this in Psalm 22, verse 11. Be not far from me. God, I want you to be so close to me. And I just pray this over our friends, that they would hunger and thirst for righteousness and that they would just hunger for being near you, that they would want to honor you and please you in all of their ways. Oh, I love that Psalm 103 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. So Lord, I just pray that all of me would just praise all of you, God. And so may we not hide ourselves from you, Lord. I thank you for each and every friend that listened to this conversation. I pray that it blessed them and met them right where they're at in this season, Lord. I armor them up in the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of gospel peace, the sword of the spirit, and the shield of faith, God. And I just plead the blood of Jesus over them from the top of their head to the bottom of their toes. I just silence the voice of the enemy, God, and we just bind up his schemes and we cast them out in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that even though the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy in that same verse, God, you came for abundant life. So I just speak that abundant life over your beautiful people and whom you love so much that you sent your one and only son for them you are more than able you are enough god and i thank you for being our prince of peace and i thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted that you have never once left us and you never will forsake us i love you lord (laughs) and it's in the mighty name of jesus that we pray and all god's people said amen y'all Y'all know by this point, I hope that you know that I love you so much and I'm so grateful for our time together every week. So please come back again next Friday for another conversation on prayer as in when the next few couple of weeks, we will be wrapping up this series as we gear up to launch Hi God, It's Me together. So if you have not already pre-ordered your copy, you should go ahead and do that now. So on the launch date, it is in your mailbox and you will be ready to join this journey with me. 20 days to a stronger, more powerful prayer life. I'm super excited that this book is coming out for such a time as this here in almost the month of July because y'all, it'll gear us back up for school, back into the fall because fall is always, I feel like, so full. It's truly beauty full, F-U-L-L. It is full and fun and we need to be prayed up. We need to be ready and equipped and armored up to go out and just do everything that the Lord's called us to do in this season. And I'm so honored and grateful that we get to do it together. It is such a joy to be your sister and I love you so much. But until I see you next week, do not forget, there is a song on your heart. Only you can sing. Your voice is important. Bye.